Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Vents. This is Fed Weekly, a collaboration between Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. Let's get it cracking. Hey, and welcome to Vent Weekly. I'm Santos. And I'm Amelia. Okay, so before we start on this episode, you might hear that this sounds a little different to previous episodes. And that's because we're in self-isolation, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Recording this on a video conference call, we're trying to avoid unnecessary contact to limit the spread of COVID-19. But we're also aware that people are going to have lots more time alone in their homes and might need some sort of entertainment. So the podcast continues. So for this episode of Self-Isolation Vent Weekly, we're talking about something that may become increasingly relevant in the coming weeks. Most of us are feeling more anxious than normal at the moment. I definitely do. So because it's a bit of a weird time, we thought it would be good to talk about mental health and therapy. Yeah, I've had therapy. We always keep stuff pent up. I feel like when you get it out, it could um, really open up your emotions. I think it was a bit overpriced for what I got. Like, I think I could have got a lot of it online and done it myself. No matter how uncomfortable it may seem, you know that you can only grow if you are laid completely bare and are totally transparent. I don't do anything to keep my mental health in good shape. We've invited BBC journalist Jordan Dunbar and a fellow Brent resident of ours, Andre Sylvester, on. We're going to be talking about therapy, lack of access to it, and some of the mad types of therapy that are out there. Hey guys, could you guys introduce yourself for us just so that everyone knows who you are? You go first, Jordan. No, Dre, you go first. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, hello, my name's Andre Sylvester. I'm doing my second year of acting right now, and I'm here to talk a bit on my journey through going through my own therapy. And Jordan as well? Hello, thanks for having me on. My name is Jordan Dunbar. I'm a comedian and a journalist at the BBC and I've been making documentaries about mental health and my own journey through trying to get therapy and then what therapy is like in the UK at the minute. Nice. So how are you guys feeling in this whole current climate, the COVID-19 climate? Like, how's that going for you guys? <laughs> I got sick on Sunday. Oh, wow. Then my boyfriend's got sick today. Right. I'm trying to stay ridiculously optimistic, which is quite irritating if you're stuck in a one-bedroom flat with me, but yeah. that's just what I have to do. <laughs> Are you all free of symptoms? You're all fine? You're all happy, healthy people just stuck inside? Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Yeah, that's it. Oh, this isn't fair. <laughs> I feel like that this is something that will kind of hopefully have a positive effect on the future. Do you know what I'm saying? Like people mm -hmm. would just start to become more mm. hygienic in general like in in every aspect mm. no i could see that yeah, as well because but yeah are going to become a habit so mm. <laughs> so i feel like hopefully people will kind of keep up that habit of just cleaning 
after yourself as you go along, washing your hands when you actually come out of the toilet because I've seen some mm. nasty shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, people just walking out of the toilet. I know, like, it's just the little things like that. Like, if we just maintain regular standard yeah. hygiene, I'm sure we'll be fine. Like, a woman, a woman once sneezed in my mouth at Hibernism. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I was walking along and um, she was beside me and she turned and just sneezed <laughs> and my mouth was open. She didn't even put her hand up to say sorry or cover her mouth. And she looked at me like I was the freak. <laughs> right in my face. This I would have thought I'm out the charge, man. So post-COVID, Jesus. I want that sort of behavior to stop. Oh, my oh days. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, let's get into this discussion. So maybe, Dre, could you talk a bit about your experiences of mental health and, you know, the mental health services out there, how therapy has played into that? Right, so... 2019, uh, just coming to the end of November, I referred myself into counselling at my university. It started from a place of just feeling a bit more alienated with myself because I moved from living at home to being on campus. Everybody who was living on campus in first year has now moved to their own accommodations off-site. And it just started to play with me because there's certain other things I've got outside of the school or university lifestyle that I have to keep up with. I take care of my dad for one of them. It just played, it just played with my mindset a lot and it got me into a dark place where I ended up having to refer myself because I just thought, let me see where this takes me because within, I'd say like within the family lifestyle or culture in a sense, like I'm black Asian. It's not frowned upon, but i it's not really spoke about to say, oh, you should go counselling, you should have this therapy, you should Mm -hmm. find someone to talk to about this from a professional aspect. Yeah. So for me, it was feeling very sceptical, almost like stepping on eggshells. If I go to this place, could that actually make me feel more worse about myself? Yeah. would, Would I even benefit from it, truthfully? That's what was going through my mind when I first took the step to refer myself for it. I feel like you probably just thought about, like, you kind of forgot about the kind of stigmas in our culture, like, in the Black and the Asian community, and we're like, I'm just going to do what's best for me at this time. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just have to put your foot out there and be mm-hmm. like, you know what, like, let me just go for it, because yeah. sometimes it's not about what your parents think or, like, what your family might think of you. It doesn't make you any weaker. I think it's more just to do with, like, if you need help, just get it, like... Yeah, that's true. I think that was really mm. brave. That's how I saw it for myself. I just thought... I'm not really getting much answers from the people around me. So let me actually step outside of the box in that sense. Yeah. And see if this ex- external help will actually benefit me. So I went forward with it. Mm-hmm. With therapy, it is all about explaining and talking out for yourself. Yeah. Because then you can actually hear your own thoughts and see where you're going with it. Because I realized a lot of the time when I was speaking, I would sort out a question that I had within myself already that I thought I couldn't yeah. answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just came from the simple fact mm. of having someone in front of me almost acting like a mirror to me. He, he wouldn't yeah. he wouldn't really get me to think about what I'm doing so much. He would only ask me to question certain things when he wanted me to dig deeper in that sense. Dre, was your therapist a man or a woman? Uh, it was a man. How did you find that? Talking to a guy about myself I guess it's the sense of feeling vulnerable, yeah, a bit insecure, I guess, because as it is in this world we live in, it's it's not 
really so common for a guy to talk about himself to another guy. It's true. Yeah. It, from well, from my angle anyway. Yeah, yeah. But do you feel like your vulnerability actually revealed a lot more about yourself? Because I feel like a lot of I feel like a lot of guys, generally speaking, but definitely within the black community or the minority ethnic community, have a lot of pride when it comes to actually expressing themselves because well, it's just it's seen as like. It's just showing that like, it's just showing weakness. So, do you feel as though, like, through being vulnerable and through like addressing the situations that you're in, you're kind of better off for it? Most definitely. I, I feel mm-hmm. I broke some mental barriers that I've had in myself for a few years, honestly. Yeah. Obviously, I would say because it's a short period of time, I've only so like solved out. I'd say the surface issues, mm. but it's got me to realize that I have things within myself that I should question and sort out yeah. for myself in that sense yeah it's got me to be able to i say reflect on myself much more in more of a positive way as well isn't it because yeah, sometimes when you're in a dark place like you tend to reflect but in in times like those you can only really see the negatives it's you true. know what i'm saying until you mm. start to express yourself and then you have someone to talk to you and you start to see things from different perspectives and you're like hold on maybe it's not entirely like this maybe there there's a different way like that this can be dealt with or this can be felt do you go know i'm saying mm. well, that's right oh uh, yeah but jordan what about your experiences with mental health as well like what's your so i um i've been in a lot of different types of therapy for about 10 years now um i've had loads of different types that's why i asked about whether it was a man or a woman because i've had men women men women and it's quite like it is quite a different experience it's kind of like you say dre about speaking to a man about things because there's this idea that women are meant to be more caring but one of the one of the the best therapists i ever had was this absolutely massive guy from north belfast and north belfast (laughs) is a rough part of Northern Ireland, right? Mm. And I, what I loved about that was he, uh, it was CBT, so it's like quite structured, which worked really well mm. for me. And yeah. you'd say things like, oh, I think I'm going to fail uni or, you know, I think everyone hates me. I think all these things. And he was such an like angry, strong man. He'd just be like, prove it, prove it to me. <laughs> prove these fears to me. <laughs> and you couldn't because so much of it's irrational. It's all in your mind. It's all in your head. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But his approach was great because, I don't know, it was the opposite from like light a lavender candle, have a bath that I thought mental health had been previously. But I guess the, the main documentaries I've been making this year has been a big investigation into mental health and therapy in the UK mm. because so many people are going to the NHS. I've been on an NHS waiting list for three years to try and get treatment and I'm still I'm not going to get it it's just it's not going to happen so like lots of people have gone into the private sector so I'm paying someone and I had a really really bad experience a few years ago with a therapist like I was in a really really low place as you are when you go as you know Dre as you've just Mm -hmm. said like Mm -hmm. really vulnerable time and I went I think any, like, I think it is weird for males, kind of, because you have to admit you've got a problem and you have to sort of, you can see it as weakness, but once you've got the courage up and I decided, right, I'm going to go and get some help, to then have someone screw that up really badly, mm. it's tough to come back from that. Mm. And so yeah. After that experience, um, I then got a job at the BBC as a journalist and I just started thinking... 
who who's allowed to become a therapist? How do you become a therapist? Like, what exams do you have to do? Where do you go to study? What is the crack? With? Very true. And then I discovered that you don't have to do anything in the UK at the minute. Oh so, my god! Wait, what? what? So anyone can be a therapist. Yes, literally, oh. anyone can legally. I might start being a therapist. Yeah, sixty pounds an <laughs> hour is the average. Get that bank. Uh, yeah, oh. it's ridiculous money and. There's no law, so it's completely legal for anyone to say, I'm a therapist. The NHS isn't involved because it's the private sector. It's not the Department of Health. It's the same in yeah. Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales and England. So when I discovered that, combined with having this terrible experience, mm. I wanted to find out why. Yeah. And so I spent the last year making lots of different documentaries about mental health and doing an investigation into finding out why it's so easy for anyone to call themselves a therapist in the UK. Oh my gosh, what did you find out? I was able to download a certificate saying I was a trained therapist oh, for you're 13 wow. quid online. Oh That's gosh. crazy. And they had spent, like, they had sold tens of thousands of these certificates in the UK. <laughs> and so someone like me, who a few years ago was looking for therapy you're like well, mm-hmm. what do i look yeah. for a good website decent photo let's not lie you want someone caring but not too handsome you don't want to fall in love with them and then what <laughs> else are you looking for? you're looking for like certificates letters whatever after their name but if you can just download that from the internet then it makes it so much harder to work out who's legit that is so scary did yeah. you ever get to meet any of these like therapists who kind of claim that they were therapists without actually having any like legit certification like we did find quite a few of them online but instead of meeting them we went to meet some of the victims of it people like me who'd had a really bad experience and so the damage was more mental in terms of like I was really put off getting yeah. help and it, it it was really negative effect but then I also met people that was much worse and there had been like sexual abuse and there had been exploitation and because I think the the biggest point about it is you're so vulnerable and yes. it's the most vulnerable people in society that then it's easy to, to profit off that and kind that. of say, right, I'm putting up the price of your therapy. Oh, I think you need 20 more weeks of therapy. I, I think you need to do this or to do that. And you're just going to listen to them because you think... They know us best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They're trained. So I met people like that. And we kind of you know went to the government to try and find out why it was the way it is. And... I guess the the biggest thing is we are the first generation of anyone in Britain, whatever your background, especially males, to, to start actually talking about this. Like the fact that we're making a podcast now about it is mad compared to, I would say, even five years ago. Even the royal family are chatting about mental health. Oh. Yeah, that's true. It was almost as if like people would be embarrassed to kind of like have a therapist or a counsellor. And then now having uh, a therapist or a counsellor, you know, someone who you talk to to kind of deal with your problems, mm. like people will, will, might feel like, oh, you know, just your average person deals with their own problems by themselves. Like, why does like this person now need a therapist? But a lot of the time, you know, the biggest smiles, they're the ones like facing the biggest battles and mm. they're just covering it up. Instead of actually dealing yeah. with their issues, they're just covering it exactly. up. Exactly. Like mental health is a very important topic. Yeah. Like I've been affected by it growing up. You know, it, it hasn't been made important and it's about time. I'm okay to talk about my mental health journey. Like I have 
proper like proper bad anxiety and like I definitely was an overcompensator so like instead of actually dealing with the issues that I had mm -hmm. I was kind of nervous to go to therapy because it's like if I go that means I'm admitting that I'm at my lowest point and that just wasn't something that I was comfortable with doing so I just tried to achieve my way out of stuff like even me and my sister had this conversation like she was like you always try and do too much to cover up the fact that you're not feeling great and like it's only going to make you feel worse because when those things are done or like when you're when you have a moment by yourself and you're not being that socialite or like doing mm. all these great things then then what you're just stuck with you and your thoughts and it's just going to be too overwhelming and I think she was she was right so eventually I was like I did the same thing as um Dre did and I actually referred myself into um counseling yeah. at my university as well and that was really really helpful for me um I definitely saw it as an outlet like I felt like I was kind of it's so similar to Dre, like I was literally looking in the mirror, but it wasn't a mirror, it was, a, it was a, another woman. Yeah. But like, I definitely was like able to express things that maybe I hadn't been able to put in words before. And in doing so, like I think hearing your thoughts out loud is so much more different to hearing it like just in your head. Because mm -hmm. I feel like you also, when you are thinking so much, you overthink yeah. and then your thoughts become irrational and you kind mm. of create scenarios for yourself that haven't even really happened. That's just the way anxiety works. And like, we convince ourselves, um, just the way that mental health works, like you end up convincing yourself a lot about situations when it's not really that. I think that that's the game changer. Yeah. From having all of those thoughts in your mind to then being able to like, get them out. It's like, they no longer belong in this like, locked up chamber in your mind of mm. negative thoughts battling the positive thoughts. And it's like, yeah, sometimes it's easier to talk to a stranger that you don't know instead of like talking to a family member as well, because they already know like so much about you. And then it's kind of like when you're talking to them about your problems, they're bearing in mind everything else exactly. they know about you. So true. Whereas like when, when you're getting to know a therapist, like I had counseling when I was in secondary school because I was going through like a lot of stuff growing up at that point. They kind of only ask like what they really kind of need to know or want to know at first. And then like it goes on from there. They'll like ask you stuff about like what you're going through and like how you deal with it. And like it was a good feeling for me because I was I was never thinking, oh, like people are going to judge me because I, I have a counselor or whatever. For me, it was more of a safe space. The more I come, the more I talk about my issues, the more I have someone to listen to to what I'm saying, the better I feel. Yeah. Yeah, just the whole process. Like, with a lot of things in life, it can feel like forever. It can feel like a very long time. But a lot of the time, if, if you're just getting things done, then time just flies. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze... Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Like it's what you term as therapy, so people have their different understandings of therapy, right? Whenever I'm stressed out, I like to go for walks or meditate or just take time to think. For myself, therapy, like once a week I go to 
the mosque I meet like different variety of like Muslims and people from different backgrounds different colors different races for me that's a form of therapy because when you're in this world you have to have like a hard heart so when I go there everyone there is there for a specific reason So Jordan, you actually mentioned earlier that you were put on the like list for the NHS to like um, yeah. get therapy through them and how you would have to wait to the point where you didn't even think that you would ever see anyone from the NHS. I feel like that's something that affects a lot of people. Do you think that definitely like discourages people from getting therapy and then like as a result of that turning to alternative like methods of like seeking help? I think there's two big things happening as we've said more and more people are talking about mental health and more and more celebrities are telling people that it's okay to speak up speak out and go get help but the more people that go and do that the more people like me get pushed further down the waiting list the waiting lists get longer mm. and longer and longer because we haven't yet got the amount of people and the money to help all of the people that need help which means either going to the private sector or what lots of people are doing is trying different things because medication, antidepressants and so on, it's been like 20 years since Prozac, which was one of the most famous and popular ones came out. And lots of people are starting to turn away from those. And just because of the interest everyone has in kind of like wellness and self-help, that so many new alternative therapies have popped up. One of the other documentaries I presented was about nature and anxiety. Anxiety is one of my big problems. And there's always been this thing being outside, not even in the countryside, but just being mm. outside in a park beside a river, anything like that is a lot more calming than an insane city street. Well, most definitely. But mm -hmm. that's anecdotal, as they say, as in loads of people just say it, but where's the science behind it? So the doc I did looked at what the scientific evidence behind why nature made me feel better and in japan there's a thing called shirinyoko which is forest bathing and they take it really seriously it's not just a walk in the park this is you go barefoot in the forest and it's like you're completely present you're listening to every single noise mm -hmm. and when they examined people before and after they had done this forest bathing they could see that the hormones the stress hormones had oh. dropped rapidly as much as if they'd been on medication so i don't want to immediately go in and start slagging off weird therapies there are loads of weird therapies out there but for some people they actually work so i did caveman therapy explain that what, what is it yeah <laughs> that i was a skeptic definitely when i went i went off to a forest in north wales and there was a, a therapist and then like a bear grill style survival bush mm -hmm. person and they taught me how to make fire with just hands and wood and I had to build a shelter and I tracked animals, had to identify trees. But I have to say that I wasn't, my normal anxieties just weren't there because my shelter leaked when it rained and I had a fire in my hands. And it, not having a phone and disconnecting and just being out of your normal area that brings up all the irrational fears and the present and the past and all that stuff for me just being present at that moment in the forest doing weird caveman yeah. stuff actually really really helped it, it really really helped so in terms of alternative therapies 
I think that creativity can be really good for your mental health too. And like, I know that, um, Dre, like you do acting in Santos. You also are a musician. So like, how do you think your guys' work relates to your mental health? <laughs> my, my director basically said, acting is not your therapy. Really and truly, it's a whole thing of saying, stop thinking about yourself when you're on the stage because you're there to really entertain others, not entertain yourself. But with that, there is a sort of satisfactory feeling within yourself because mm-hmm. you've gone through this whole craft and training to get this character well-developed. So then when you get to the stage or the camera, the people that are watching you, they enjoy you for who you are. So not, oh, I'm doing this to make myself feel good. And then you guys like it too. Because then there's that kind of ego, egotistic like character coming into play. And yeah. I believe if you are to be an actor, you kind of have to live with an egoless life, even though that's not really a word. When you take on characters or you're developing a character in any such way, there's going to be characteristics and things you may not like or want to be whatsoever. But if you live with that mindset, oh, I don't want to do this because this person may think of me like that, or I don't like this because I've dealt with this problem in the past, it will show when you're trying to perform. Learning to be selfless, understanding who you are and learning to be comfortable with playing whoever you're going to be. To me, mm. I get some inner peace from that, to be honest. I just feel I'm just living in the moment and doing who I yeah. need to be. I make music and it's like from a young age, that's kind of been like my form of expression. It was a relief because it was like at a point where I no longer cared what people would think and it was just me expressing myself. And then when the tables turn and people were getting back to me saying they could relate to what I was saying in my music and they were going through similar stuff and hearing that I'd been through what they're going through as well and hearing how I overcame it kind of like helped them get through a hard time. That that kind of like helped me as well in a sense because again, it's a reminder, cool, I'm not the only one going through this and it's like me turning around and thinking that, you know, people would judge me because of, you know, what I'm saying, you know, turn around as a, okay, like, they, they have a further understanding of me, you know, now there's, like, they, they understand the layers to me. Thank you, guys, for coming and having a chat with us. Yeah, this has been a really great chat, guys. Thank you so much for speaking to us. But before we go, because we are talking about mental health whilst all this mad stuff is happening in the world... Could you all, like, give a piece of advice of what people could probably do during self-isolation to, like, keep motivated and keep productive and not go insane? Uh, I'd say get on to get on to the project that you said you wanted to do if you weren't doing the original thing, a.k.a. going to uni or going to work. Now you can relax a bit more. Yeah, I would say just do all the most boring stuff you've been putting off for as long. Like, get out of this the most organised person you've ever been in your life. I literally have no excuse now not to have sorted out all my passwords, my apps, my club cards and all that stuff. What else am I going to do? What else am I going to do? We can do this together, guys. We can be a more organized nation. What up? You know, like with social media, especially the day and age we live in, when serious things are happening, a lot of people tend to joke about it and they 
they tend to make it seem like it's not so serious when it is quite serious. So I feel like the tuning, like I've had a lot of friends saying that they, they have to put their phone down for most of the day because every day go on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anywhere, even on WhatsApp, people are broadcasting messages about coronavirus. It's like you yeah. can't get away mm-hmm. from it. You turn yeah. on the telly, everyone's talking about it. Radio, everyone's talking about news. <laughs> it's like... Like, get out of my my head. It's not even in my head, but it feels like it's in your head already. But yeah, detuning. So, Santos, how did you find that chat? I found it amazing that we all come from different, like, backgrounds, different ways of life. But through this conversation, we all found things that were very similar between all of us. We're all humans, we all go through things. It's it's okay to not be okay sometimes, but your priority should always be to make sure you're at your best. No matter what like no matter what you have to do, if you have to talk to someone, talk to someone. Like it's not that deep. Thank you for listening to Vent Weekly. I've been Santos. And I've been Amelia. And thanks a lot to Jordan Dunbar and Andre Sylvester for coming on. This episode was produced by the Vent production team. Jess Lawson, Emilia Gill, Moeed Majid and Ali Adlington. Vent is a collaboration between Vice and Brent London Bar of Culture 2020. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 